Amen. Hallelujah. All right, so I got 29 minutes. Thank you, Jesus. All right, so uh, this is what I want to talk to you guys about, and hopefully this is something that could actually be practical and be able to help you in your everyday life. Amen? If it's not going to be practical and help us in our everyday life, um, you know, what are we doing as pastors, right? Like, we're here to equip the saints to do the work of the ministry, right? We're not here um, to do all the work. We're here to equip you to, to see breakthrough in your life, to help you. Like, maybe something in my story can be beneficial to you and help you, amen? And the same for you. Like, maybe there's things in your life, in your story, that can help someone else, amen? We're not meant to keep our stuff to ourselves, Right? So this is what I want to talk about. What to do when you don't know what to do. How many have been there? What to do when you don't know what to do. I mean, there's times, there's times in my life, I I remember a story um, in my life uh, uh, that I was at a desperate place where I did not know what to do. I had just had a child uh, the hormones were kicking up, right? How many women in here um, can understand what I'm saying? Uh, I, I had all these hormonal stuff going on, and um, I found myself uh, feeling depressed. And I knew uh, that I, I couldn't understand why. Everything was good. Things were good in my marriage. Things were good with family. There was nothing wrong in the natural to make me feel depressed. And um, so I was, I was like you know, really struggling with this. And I was like, oh, I don't know um, what to do, God. I don't know what to do. And so I just had a light bulb go on one day. It's in the middle of the night. How many know a lot of times you wake up in the middle of the night and you're like, I don't know what to do. You can't sleep, you know? The, the stinking thinking's going on in your brain, right? And it's repeating over. It's on repeat and it's repeating over and over and over again. And I'll tell you what, sometimes when you make those rash moves against that, it's powerful. And so I was in there and I was like, you know what? Some like anger rose up inside of me, like righteous anger, the good kind of anger, not bad anger. I didn't want to hit Jim or anything like that in bed. (laughs) It wasn't that kind of anger. It was just something in me was like, this is not right. And I'm done with this. This is not right. And I I know that Jesus paid a price for me on the cross for me to have peace. Amen? For me to have a sound mind. For me not to be sad. Right? For me not to struggle with anxiety. Amen? We know that in heaven there's no anxiety. There's peace. There's joy. Amen? Amen? There's a sound mind. There's all of those good things. There's love. Like you experience all of that. Jesus said on, he, he prayed that prayer, you know, on earth as it is in heaven. That is our, our gauge on what is okay for us to have in earth. Amen? And so I don't know what happened to me, but some anger came in my heart, and I thought, this is not okay. I'm done with this. And so still not feeling well, Still struggling, I decided to get out of my little bed. How many know that's not always easy when you're struggling to sleep? And so I got out of my little bed, and I went downstairs, and I sat in my chair. It was called a chase, and I sat there, and I mean, I am not doing well. 
streams of tears coming down my face. I could not stop crying. I was broken, right? And I did not even know how to pray. I struggled with what to pray. How many have been there? I didn't even know what to pray. But the only thing that could come out of my mouth was the name of Jesus. And so I was there, and I was just praying, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And some of you have heard the story. Jesus, Jesus. And I'm in my chair, and I'm just praying, Jesus, 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 over and over and over again. And every time I would say his name, it seemed like, like just hope would arise in my heart. And, and it, was just, it was just like, I don't know, there's something powerful about the name of Jesus. Amen? There's such a, something so powerful about Jesus. And so I just was just saying the name of Jesus and Jesus. And I, was, I remember I'm sitting Indian style with my hands out like this and just crying, just be, barely being able to say the name of Jesus. And then all of a sudden, I feel something touching my hands, physically touching my hands. And so I opened my eyes because I didn't know if it was Jim or what it was if he came down and, and heard me get up and maybe came down to pray for me. I didn't know, but I opened my eyes. And when I opened my eyes, I saw the whole room was filled with shafts of light. And I realized that it was an angel touching my hands. And my whole, the whole living room and dining room where I was at was all filled with light. It was like angels were just all in that room. And I just began to just weep and just praise God in that moment. And in that encounter that I had with God, all of that sadness broke in an instant. And sometimes we just want to stay in bed, Right? We just want to stay in bed because we don't know what to do. And I want to encourage you, you know, what to do when you don't know what to do. Sometimes you got to press in. Sometimes you got to do something, right? You got to get out of the bed. You got to press in. You got to do something that's unlike your character. Amen? Oh, my goodness. I I want to talk about um, Hannah. Hannah in the Bible. How many remember Hannah's story? It's in, the, in, the, uh, it's in 1 Samuel. And Hannah, she was this little woman, and she found herself in this place where she was broken, and she didn't know what to do. And I love what she did when she didn't know what to do. Here she is. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go through a back, background of her. Here she was. She was this little woman, and she was married uh, to this man, uh, Elkaniah. And Elkaniah had two wives. Back then, I don't know what was wrong with them, but they had more than one wife. <laughs> if you talk to Jim, he'll say, I'm the only one he can handle. So, <laughs> Right? How do they do it? I don't know doesn't seem to have gone pretty good, but so um, he had married Hannah and Peneah. Well, Peneah, the other wife, um, she had all of these children, and um, she had lots of children, but, um, but Hannah d- didn't have any. Her womb was closed, and so she was brokenhearted, and every year her husband would go to the house of the Lord and bring his offerings and his sacrifice and worship the Lord every year. So they were going uh, to do that. And um, it says in the Bible that, um, 
you know, be, for some reason, her husband loved her. He just adored her. She didn't have children for him, but he just, he just adored her. And he would give her a double portion to give on that day. And so she had favor. And that just made the other wife just even more mad, right? And she would ridicule her. And so there they are at the temple. And um, as she's at the temple, she just is tired of getting you know, ridiculed by the other woman. And, and she just wants a child so bad of her own. And so she decides, I don't know what to do, but I'm going to go pray. <laughs> I'm going to go pray. And so she goes over to the altar of the Lord, and she is, she is broken. She is broken, and she is just praying to God. She's, she's giving him her prayers. Her, her eyes are just, she's got tears in her eyes, and she just is undone. How many have saw someone undone? It's usually like a hot mess and not a pretty sight, right? But that's okay. God loves hot messes, right? Tell your neighbor, he loves your hot mess. He loves your hot mess. In fact, he meets us in the hot mess, Right? When we are at rock bottom, he's there. Amen? And sometimes it takes us to go around the mountain, right? To stay in the bed before we hit rock bottom. Amen? But let's decide that when we don't know what to do, that we're going to run to Jesus. And we're, gonna, we're just going to do something that's not in our character. We're going to do something extreme, right? So she got up, and she's praying, and she is undone. She's a hot mess, and she's going off. And, and uh, the priest comes over. Eli, he's like, what is wrong with you, woman? He thought she was drunk. He's like, why are you coming to the house of God all drunk? That's how much of a hot mess she looked, right? <laughs> And, and so he, she's like, no, no, I'm not drinking. I'm not, I haven't drinking. I just am heavy of heart. And she begins to say to him, I, you know, please, will you pray for me? I want to have a child. And if the Lord gives me a child, I will give him back to him. I will give it to him. But I just, you know, those deep things in our heart that we desire, don't you think God knows about it? And in fact, he might have put them there. Right? Especially if we want to give it back to him. Come on. Right? She's like, I just want to give it to the Lord. I love him. I just want to give it to him. And, and so here she is, and he said to her, you know, be it unto you. I don't even remember what it said here. Okay. He said, go in peace. In verse 17, Eli answered. He said, go in peace, and may the God of Israel grant you what you have asked of him. She said, may your servant find favor in your eyes. Then she went her way and ate something, and her face was no longer downcast. Come on. She began to believe God in the midst of it. Early the next morning, they arose and worshiped before the Lord and then went back to their home at Ramah. And then it says, Elkaniah lay with his wife Hannah, and the Lord remembered her. So in the course of time, Hannah conceived and gave birth to a son, and she named him Samuel, saying, because I asked the Lord for him. And Samuel means heard of God. And see, here she is. She's in a place where she doesn't know what to do. And she began to do something. She began to do something that was out of her character. I mean, I'm telling you, everything will come against you. 
You're going to not want to do stuff. You're going to want to stay in bed, right? You're going to come up with all these logical things why you don't need to step out and do something that's not in your character, right? Who wants to get up early in the morning and pray, right? Who wants to pay all this money to go to a conference where, you, where, God, where you're going to meet with God, right? And so you come up with all of these rational things, that are in your mind. But I'm telling you, when you begin to step out and say, you know what, this ain't right. This ain't right. This is not my lot in life. Come on, some of us stay in that place where we think this is the lot in life. It is not the lot in life. It is not. God paid a high price for us to live an abundant life. Amen? Not everything that happens to us is the will of God. Do we know that? It is not. That's a lie from the pit of hell. Right? It is a lie from the pit of hell. We think, oh, man, you know, I got sick, so it must be the will of God for me to have this cancer. Uh Uh-uh! No! That is a lie. God doesn't give sickness. Jesus paid the price so that we could have healing. Amen? And you know what? Sometimes we just allow the enemy to have his way in our minds. Oh, it must be his will, so I'm going to embrace this sickness. No, stand against it. I mean, we just heard an amazing healing this morning with Jeff, you know, on how God touched him. And he can touch brains, and he can touch arms. And and even last week, there was... um, Someone at the altar, no one even prayed for the person. It was Michelle. She had pain in her shoulder. We were just laying hands on people. No one even knew. And all of a sudden, she felt this heat. And she lifts her arm, and her arm's completely healed. Come on. God is so powerful. Amen? God is so powerful. I love what this um, preacher woman, her name's Abby Strumball. And she says, I don't know how or I don't know what to do is a breeding ground for the miraculous. Right? It's a breeding ground for the miraculous. Because we're in that place where we have to lean on God or else we're done. Or else we're going to go around the mountain and stay in the same place. But you see, God loves it. The Bible talks about when we draw near to him, He draws nears to us, right? He doesn't push us away. He doesn't say, oh, it's not the right time. When we draw near to him, he draws near to us. Amen? And there is, um, there is, I I was thinking about this. Um, (laughs) There is a situation, like sometimes, you know, I want to hit on that that thing where, you know, we think everything's the will of God. I just want to hit on that for a minute. Um, You know, I was thinking about that. I ran into someone in Feed the City, and he was talking to me about that. And I was, like, feeling so sad for him that, you know, he believes that everything is the will of God. You know, bad things, all of those things. And I thought, that is such a depressing way to live. And I was thinking about Abraham. Here he is, his cousin Lot goes, you know, they're ready to split Uh, Lot takes the lush ground and Abraham takes the other way. They split and Lot ends up in Sodom. And in Sodom, there's all kinds of sin raging. You know, it is just terrible. And in fact, at one time, angels came and visited Lot. 
um, because it was, the sin was so strong that it got up to heaven, the Bible says, and, and he was grieved that he even created them because they were destroying one another. And in fact, when the angels came and Lot let them in the house, the people tried to go there and knock on the door to, to have sex with the angels. That's how messed up they were. It's crazy, right? I mean, it was just insane, just what was happening, just the things. And so uh, Abram, Abram said, you know, God told Abraham, I'm going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. And he was brokenhearted about it. And Abraham said this. He said, God, 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 please don't destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. Please don't destroy them. If there is 50 righteous God, would you destroy it? And God said, absolutely, I'll destroy it. No. This is how kind, and this is Old Testament. This is how kind and wonderful our Father is. He said, if you can find 50 righteous people in Sodom, I will not destroy it. So then he goes and he says, they couldn't find 50. In the whole city. They couldn't even find 50. And Abram's like, God, God, no, no, no. God, can you find 40 righteous? If, you, if we find 40 righteous, will you destroy it? And he said, no. If you can find 40 righteous people, I will not destroy it. Because I, he loves people. Amen? He doesn't want us. You know, the things that we go through can cause us to make bad decisions. Do you know that? And sometimes we don't even know what we're doing. Sometimes, you know, it kind of goes through the generations. If our father had this problem, we find ourselves having the same problem. Or if someone abused us or someone did something that was an injustice to us, sometimes we don't know what to do. And we kind of go in those areas where we don't know what we're doing, but we're tormented, right? You think God's happy about that? No, he doesn't want his children to be tormented. And we are his creation. That means we're his kids. That means everyone's his kids. The world is his kids. They just don't know it yet. Right? And so God doesn't like people to be tormented. That's how good he is. And sometimes we want to point the finger and say, look at that sinner. Well, wait a minute. What about, you know, the Bible talks about in a parable about, wait, take the the log out of your own eye when you're trying to get a speck out of someone else's eye. Examine yourself. And sometimes we try to judge. We prejudge people. We prejudge situations when we haven't even heard their story and we don't even know what they've been through. So we look at them in face value and say, look at you, you little sinner. What's wrong with you? But we don't know what they've been through. They're at that place where they don't know what to do. Right? And we can sit there and, and just, just, you know, go on, agree with the devil and be the devil's voice and saying, you're a sinner. You're, you're low, good, nothing. You know, all of this stuff. And there's no hope in that. And there's no justice in that. Because God is a God of justice. Amen? He wants to see people set free. He wants to see people healed. Amen? He loves people. And so, and so Abraham is like, God, how about 20? And it goes all the way to down to 10. And God's heart was broken that they couldn't even find 10 righteous people in that city. And people think, oh, what about Sodom and Gomorrah? Did you remember about that story about Abraham? His encounter with God? It wasn't his will for those things to happen. It wasn't his will to burn that. You see, sin separates us from God. 
And God doesn't want to be separated from us anymore, amen? He doesn't want to be separated from people. And we're called to be reconcilers, to bring people back to God, amen? And not look at their junk. Hallelujah. And so to, a, a thing I want to talk about, um, if we can go to James chapter 4. This is a good, easy way, since I only have nine minutes left. This is a good, easy way to be able to see breakthrough, what to do when you don't know what to do. And I'm going to start in chapter 3. Because I, want, I believe, you know, the Bible, we're not supposed to take one verse out and say, oh, look what it says there. You've got to read it in context. Do you know that? So that means you've got to look at the things before it. You've got to look at the things after it. You've got to find out what the writer was talking about, what was happening in that day, right? Sometimes we think, oh, it's just like today. No, it was a little different back then. Find out the culture. This Bible is so amazing. I could, I could have spent like 25 hours just on these verses. That's how rich the Word of God is. It's so good. It's like morsels you can't get enough. Like candy. Come on. We're made to just dive into this thing and learn about it. Right? That's where we get strength from. Okay. So in James 3, uh, starting at verse 13, and it says, Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show it by his good life by deeds done in humility that comes from wisdom. But if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but is earthly and unspiritual, um, earthly, unspiritual, and of the devil. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder and every evil practice. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is, first of all, all pure. It's pure. I thought about gold. You know, like uh, um, the Federal Reserve. We were just, Jim put this movie on. Um, I didn't get to watch it, but it, in this movie, there was bank robbers, and they were robbing the Federal Reserve, and they showed the gold, and it was so pure and beautiful and shiny, and, and that pure, it reminded me of the, the gold that they have there, um, and all pure. Then peace-loving. Okay, let me start at the beginning. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is, first of all, all pure. Then peace-loving, considerate, submissive. Full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. Peacemakers who sow in peace raise a harvest of righteousness. That's powerful right there. And then it says, What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? Okay, here's something that's going on battle within you. You want something, but you don't get it. You will kill and covet, but you cannot have what you want. You quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. And when you ask God, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives. 
And the thing is, that's, I believe that that's the grace of God right there. Sometimes we ask for things that aren't good for us, right? Like I was thinking about an addict. When they're going through something, they want their drugs, right? They want it. And sometimes addicts even pray, like, God, <laughs> give me drugs, right? And God's not going to give it to them because, you know, it, that's going to destroy them. Okay, and then it says, um, when you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives, that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. You adulterous people, and, you know, adulterous, that means that they've turned, they've left, right? They've, they've turned their back. They made these wrong choices, and he's calling that to the people of God, that they've left, they've left the things of God, they, they've had all of these, you know, uh, they talked about in, uh, in verse 17, first of all, what's pure and peace-loving and considerate and submissive and full of mercy and good, uh, good fruit, impartial and sincere. Like, they've left all that. They've had envy in their heart. They were judging one another. They were looking on, on people in, in, in ways that were bringing bad fruit, right? Okay. So it said, you, in verse 4, you adulterous people, don't you know that friendship with the world um, is hatred towards God? And that word, uh, friendship, that means association. That means that you're, you're having an association with people. You know, I thought about um, a group, like, I don't know, uh, you join a group, I, I'm trying to think of a group, like a cancer group. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if that's the right word. But you join a group and you all have the same T-shirt on. You're an association, right? You're a part of a group. You're associated with the world. Anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. Or do you think Scripture says, out, without reason, that the spirit he caused he caused to live in us envies intensely? No, it doesn't. <laughs> but he gives us more grace. That is why the scriptures says, God opposes, opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. And that's one of my favorite scriptures. And I even love it even more that I've studied this, that it's, that it's in the contents of um, you know, where it is. And then it says in, in uh, verse 7, Submit or obey yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come near to God and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinner, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. And double-minded, I learned, means doubt. Grieve, mourn, and wail. I don't know about you, but... How many of you have been to a place where you hit rock bottom and you can't stop crying? You're, you're just done with this life. You're done with those things that, that are not good. You don't know what to do anymore. And you come to a place of repentance where you can't stop crying. And, and you're just at that rock bottom. And, and this is what he's talking about. He's talking about, you know, uh, a repentance that, that just... It's a supernatural repentance. I don't know if anyone has experienced that, where you just, you, you can't help, but there's something going on in you. And then it says, change your laughter to mourning and your joy to gloom. And 
It says, humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up. Amen? And he will lift you up. And that, that word, uh, it says, grieve, mourn, and wail. It's connected with uh, Luke chapter 6, verse 20, 21, where he's talking about the Beatitudes, where he says, happy are you who weep. For you will rejoice, for you will laugh. Amen? And so when God, when you get to that point where you are done, where you don't know what to do, and you get to that point where you just want to give it to God, your, your, uh, your, your sadness will be turned to joy. Because what he does is he breaks that injustice off your life. He breaks it. And sometimes we just, we come halfway with God, Right? We don't, we don't, you know, sometimes we just keep going and we, we only give them some part of it. But I want to say, if you're in this place where you, you don't know what to do, I want to say what to do when you don't know what to do is to do something that you normally would not do. Go after God. Press into him. Begin to pray, begin to fast, begin to do something. Get with people. Be honest with people. Share with people. The Bible talks about, you know, uh, confess your sins to one another. I'm not saying confess it to the whole world unless God tells you to. But confess your sins to one another, and then you'll be healed. And so sometimes we want to stay in a cave when we don't know what we want to do, when we're in that place. But I want to tell you, get with people. Do something extreme. Amen? Do something out of the ordinary to get breakthrough and to get freedom. Begin to press into God. Begin to worship him when you don't feel like it. I am going to tell you, sometimes you get these thoughts, you know, where, you know, uh, how many have experienced this? You walk into a room and, and the, the enemy starts speaking to you. Someone gives you a look because they had something in their eye and you take it the wrong way, Right? And, and you walk by and you're thinking, all of a sudden, 10 thoughts. Oh, they hate me. Oh, I look stupid. I gave them a dirty look. Did I give them a dirty look? Oh, my goodness. Oh, oh, it must be this and this. Oh, maybe I said something last weekend. Oh, no. Oh, wow, I offended them. Oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, I'm, I, I just offend everybody. That's just who I am. I offend people. So you know what? I'm not going to talk to anybody anymore. Right? And we get in these places where we start to, to, to put these strongholds in our mind. We believe those lies. But how about if those thoughts start to go there? How about instead of that, how about we start, start saying the thoughts of God? Like, man, they looked at me. Wow, they're amazing. Right? I'm amazing. <laughs> wow. God's thoughts for me are as, as many as the seashore, the sand and the seashore, right? Like, wow. How about we replace those thoughts with good thoughts? Whatever is pure, whatever is lovely. How about we not think about those things? We can choose to think about what we're thinking about, right? How about we don't yield that way that we normally do? How about now the Holy Spirit will bring that, that light in our head where we're like, oh, I'm not going to think that. I don't even know what she was thinking about. I'm not going there. That's not what God wants. And I'm going to decide to bless people. I, I'll tell you what, the Lord has spoken to me um, before. If I started feeling uh, sad or, or get thoughts, you know, in my head that are discouraging, you, see, you know what I do? I said, all right, devil, you want to mess with me? I'm going to text 10 people and tell them how amazing they are. I'm going to pray for them. I'm going to prophesy over them. I'm going to love them. I'm going to buy people lunch. I'm going to do this. I'm going to go on the offense. Right? And I'm going to do something. And so it's catching, it's catching yourself when you start getting those thoughts. 
It's saying, no, I'm not going to think like that. No, I don't know what that other person is thinking. I don't know. I'm going to think whatever is good, whatever is lovely, whatever is good report, those are the thoughts I'm going to keep my mind on. Amen? And I'm not going to stay in the bed of shame. I'm not going to stay in the bed of regret. I'm going to go for breakthrough. I am going to do what it takes to get free. Sometimes we think, oh, we're a Christian. We should be free. Well, yeah, but sometimes it takes us a little while to get it. Right? How many know what I'm talking about? Religion will say, man, what is wrong with you? Look at you. It'll look you up and down. And it'll say, look at you. You should have got this by now. What's wrong with you? Hey, let's get the little log out of our eye, right? So we can help someone else with their speck in their eye. And so let's be people that go after God. Let's be people that say, you know what? I'm not going to stay in that bed of shame, of regret, of depression, of fear. I'm not going to stay in that place of false accusation. Sometimes we make a big picture in our head of what we think it is, but it's all lies, and we believe them, right? And we don't go forward. Well, how about we go on the offense, amen? How about let's be a people that go on the offense that we are like Hannah, that we're not going to care about what people think about us. We're going to go after God, even if we look like a hot mess. Right? That we're going to be a people that say, you know what? This is not right. This is not right. This depression, this fear, this, this shame that I'm carrying, these things, this is not right. And I'm not going to allow it anymore to rule me. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. I'm three minutes over. So, <laughs> hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So, God, we just love you. And, Lord, I just pray, Father, for, Lord, those in this room. I realize that there's probably people in this room, God, and watching online that maybe are really in that place where they don't know what to do, where shame has overtaken them where they put their emotions in a box and they didn't know what to do, God. But Lord, I pray, Lord, that you would just, uh, you would do something in their heart, God. Lord, that you would prick their heart, that they would say, you know what? I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. And I'm going to do something. And I'm not going to be offended by people if they don't do exactly what I think they should do. But I'm going to trust you, Father, because you got this. And I'm going to trust you. And I'm not going to stay in a place alone anymore. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. I feel like there's um, someone or people, I'm not sure, that you've held your emotions in so long that you have pain in your body. And, it, and it, it, it just, it's just, you don't know what to do. And right now, by the authority of Jesus, in Jesus' name, I just give you permission to come out of the cave. I give you permission in the name of Jesus to go after it like Hannah did. I give you permission to step out of your comfort zone 
And I break sickness off of you right now in Jesus' name. I break arthritis off of you right now in Jesus' name. I break off any spirit of shame that have held you captive right now in Jesus' name. I say, shame, leave in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray for peace, the shalom of heaven that destroys chaos to reign over hearts today, to reign over minds. And we just thank you, God. Lord, we choose to walk this walk. We choose to come out of the cave. We choose to be seen. We choose to step into our calling, God. There's no one like us, Jesus. You created us each unique, and we choose to walk in it today. And we thank you, God. We give you praise. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. We have an altar team, so if the altar team in the school of ministry... um, students if you want to come up to pray Um, that's one way to come out of your cave out of your bed is to get prayer it's very confidential people don't talk about what's prayed for up here we're very serious about that our hearts are delicate amen and we don't want everyone in the church to know our private stuff so we're very conscious about that when you share something it stays there at the altar But sometimes you need people to pray with you. So we're going to invite you to come up. And those who, um, uh, you know, who have to go, we love you guys. Have an amazing week. Pray a blessing over you and your family. And everything that you put your hand to, may it be blessed. Amen. Amen. Love you guys. Have a great week.